Welcome to In Real Time, where we as Heights Church are inviting you in for real conversations about leading people, organizations, and change in the new normal. We're hoping that our real discussions about our church's journey will help you as you reimagine and rebuild yours. Craig here, and welcome to In Real Time, where we're having real conversations about leading people, organization, and change. And today's topic is part two of our conversation, Leadership Longevity. Well, before we get into that topic, I'm going to have our two co-hosts introduce themselves. Yeah, my name is Tim. I am the online campus pastor and a teaching pastor here at Heights Church. Perfect. perfect. My name is Justin. I'm our life groups pastor, young adults, and our hospitality team. Wonderful. Well, we are back and we're talking about part two of leadership longevity. So if you missed part one, you probably want to go back and talk uh, or listen to that episode. Uh, There is a reason we're doing this. And the reason is because we know that there is a lot of discouragement out there, truthfully, if we're going to be speaking truthfully, and we want to, uh, in ministry. We know that the statistics from Barna are telling us that it's in the 40 percentiles that pastors are thinking about stepping out of ministry or leaving where they're currently serving, and that does not account for those who have already made a transition during the pandemic. And we're not here to cast any judgment on anyone whatsoever, but it did get us talking about the value of longevity at a certain place of ministry. Mm. Number one, staying in ministry as Mm. well over the long haul, but also staying in a certain place of ministry for the long term. Because there are a lot of benefits when we stay Mm. for the impact that we make. And so I think it's important that we would run down that list again, because, you know, as we started making the list of things that are benefits for us when we stay in a place long term, it actually became quite a list. And these are things that, as far as I know, most pastors, if not every one of them, wants these very things. So let's run through that list. We're going to go through it quickly. This time we went a little slower earlier and explained more, but let's go through it. Some benefits of longevity. The first one is legacy. Uh, You're going to leave a legacy if you've been in a location and a place for a long time. That's right. You're going to... you're impact of what God has done through your life is going to go on and on and on and on. Yeah, no, it's so good. And and we think about youth ministries, Mm -hmm. uh, youth or student pastors, about 18 months uh, was average for their stay at a particular church, senior pastors, somewhere between five to seven years. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's a lot of turnover that's Mm -hmm. taking place. So legacy, though, stays... Mm -hmm. Uh, or is built, I should say, when we stay in a place. Good. Some other things. Long-term, deeper relationships happen Mm. when you have longevity. You know, the deeper we go, the longer we can go. Yeah. That's not only just ministry-minded, but in relationship as well. And I think those two are connected, too. For sure. So when you're somewhere in long-term, 
you know, you have longevity in a place of ministry, you build relationships with the other staff yep. and people in your church and mm-hmm. key volunteers and leaders. And that allows you to go deeper in those relationships, which allows you to, to go a greater distance. Yeah. So, so good. Uh, so we also talked about time to develop leaders yep. more deeply mm-hmm. and to see them grow and to flourish. Yeah. Uh, another one is being able to see redemption stories. I've been here long enough 14 years now here uh, after having planted the church, and uh, we saw people come, we saw people who have left, Mm -hmm. and then we have now seen people come back for redemption stories, and they are walking with Jesus again, and they knew that we loved them because that's how they left us, and we loved them when they left, and they came back, and we're here still to love them again. And uh, we're seeing that redemption story, God doing amazing work in their life. Uh, So there's that. We know healthy working relationships. That's a benefit. We've got strong culture, healthy culture in an organization. Obviously, if you're doing the turnover every five to seven years of a church culture, that's difficult. Yeah. And with every incoming <clears throat> senior lead, you're bringing in a new culture, right? A new new phrases, new words, new ideas about culture are coming in with this new person. Mm-hmm. And so there's no way around it. it. It does happen. We know long term it builds trust, trust in the congregation, mm-hmm. our community, uh, with the team, with the board, all of that. And uh, we know also it allows us to truly build our dream team Mm -hmm. because it doesn't happen overnight. You can't just go out and hire a bunch of people and expect it to be that. No, it's it, it takes time for that group of people to really find a, how to work with one another mm-hmm. and to become that dream team. These are amazing benefits. Oh yeah, and I think everybody wants these. Yeah, worth it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we just have to practically say you you can't have a lot of this unless we've been there long enough to let these things rise to the top. Mm, So that's important. And because of that, we really felt like this was something we wanted to address and encourage people in, because I know that there's a lot of reasons that people are thinking that they might want to leave and move to another place. But we wanted to think about the reasons we might want to stay. What are those things as well? And maybe that isn't a voice that's in your ear. Well, we wanted to challenge ourselves with this idea and then other churches as well. So in our last episode, part one, we talked about spiritual health. Yep. And so that's important because often if our spiritual health is not in a good place, we are not feeling good and we're wondering what's going on and we can attribute that to where we're serving in ministry at that church. But that's not the case. The problem is actually with my own spiritual health. So I need to make sure I'm making whatever decisions about staying or leaving based on spiritual health, and I want to be in a good place. Yeah. So for this week, we're going to take it a little bit of a different place for ourselves personally, and what is that that we're going to be looking at today? So last week, our last episode, we talked about our spiritual health. This episode, we want to focus in on our emotional health. Emotional yeah, health. Where are you emotionally? Yeah, yeah. So it might sound similar to people, but obviously there's a difference between our spirit and our emotion. So we, mm-hmm. we went through a, three questions when mm-hmm. it came to our spiritual health, 
And we have some questions that we're going to walk through yeah. today as well to help us to understand this. Because I, I, I do think when it comes to our emotional health, that we have to recognize it as leaders that if I am not emotionally healthy, mm-hmm. then I am going to, again, feel that something is off, something's wrong, mm-hmm. and something is wrong. Right. But if I don't know it's me, then I'm going to think that it's maybe where I'm serving, mm-hmm. and I might want to leave there to go solve the problem. But the problem is not there. You know, the problem, the right. problem is with me, and I'm going to take it with me. So if I'm going to make a decision to leave somewhere and to go to another place, I want to do it from a spiritually healthy place and an emotionally healthy place. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into it a little bit here. And I think one of the first questions that we need to ask ourselves emotionally about just our own selves personally, mm-hmm. what actually brings you joy? And we recognize it's difficult to really to really differentiate sometimes personal and ministry because so much of these two things blend. So I get it. But um, as we're talking, you know, it might kind of be an answer that's ministry related and it's totally fine. But it is important to know what does bring us joy? How would you guys answer that question? Well, I think the first place it's <clears throat> healthy friendships. Um, I It's sometimes on Sunday mornings. I don't know about you, but I've had those mornings where you're like, okay, Lord, I'm, I just got to get there. I know it's going to, it's been a hard morning. I'm tired or something. And I get here and the moment I walk on a campus and I start seeing my friends, I'm like, Hey, how are you? How you doing? And all of a sudden my, my, my heart changes. Like it's just something about mm-hmm. being around God's people. There's a shift that happens in me and it just brings me great joy. By the time Sunday's over, I'm like, that was the best day ever. I just, yeah, I love it. It's a yeah. lot of fun. Leave and energized. It does. Yeah. I leave energized on Sunday mornings and it's because of the friendships that I've yeah. developed over the years. And so, and then you also hear the stories, the the really healthy stories that come out of that. And mm-hmm. I, I love hearing stories mm-hmm. that God has done some work in somebody's life or there's this new thing that they're leaning into in their faith and they're leaning in a chair. I mean, we can go on and on about that yeah. stuff, but that it, that is what really brings me joy is watching people really lean into their faith and then the friendship that comes from it. I mean, yeah. like you said, it's hard to differentiate the friend, you know, the family, the outside of, of church, because this is my world, you know, this yeah. is the world I operate in. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. I mean, even, even this morning, my gym had a conversation about our church. Like, so I, love I mean, that. we were, we were, t- yeah. was, we're in the middle of stretching and, and people are being invited to our Easter services because there are several of us that go there. And so love it. I, it they just bleed together. So, so good. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's how it is. I love it. What about you? What, what, uh, what is it that brings you joy, Tim? Yeah. You know, in my new role, I think what brings me, what brings me a lot of joy is the team operating in their giftedness. So I'm in a position where, um, you know, I'm overseeing ministries, um, you know, on some Sundays I support as a teaching pastor, but the majority is working with some of the teams that are functioning on Sundays. And I love watching our worship team Mm. in their giftedness. Uh, you know, the security team, which I oversee or safety team, you know, they're really looking to serve others from children's ministry. So when I get to step on campus and see everybody, you know, just working that synergy, that just all of that, that brings me joy because I know that as a team, because I, um, because we have these deep relationships because people on our staff have been here a long time that I know they are, they're literally living in out their calling. We're doing it as a team and it's all about kingdom. And so just watching that 
is awesome. Oh, I love that. Brings that brings me joy. Just I have a unique space and it's awesome. Yeah. And this is an important question because if we don't know what brings us joy, then it's difficult to tap into that joy. That joy motivates us. That joy brings uh, obviously just, you know, um, an amazing feeling and satisfaction to our life. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that we know what that is. Right. Uh, and so I'd say for me, it's the stories of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, w- I was... When I got home yesterday, I, I told my wife, I said, oh my gosh, I heard so many amazing stories today, and I'm just rattling them off. It was like, yesterday was the story day. I mean, I had mm-hmm. eight different people telling wow. me amazing stories <clears throat> of what God's doing in their life, decisions that they've made that are now impacting them and their family. Uh, it's incredible to see, and some of them are like, hey, I did this over the last two weeks, and it's making this difference. And others, there was a couple who three years ago, we made this decision. You remember when you prayed with me? And well, that stuff's now out of my life. And look at the impact. And his wife's sitting next to him, and she's just, you know, got this grin on her face like, I can't believe this is my husband, you know. Mm. And uh, they're just, you know, they're talking about how they're helping their kids and reading scripture to their kids. And I mean, (laughs) I, I just, I love this stuff. And this is why we do what we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if we don't know what brings us joy, then we don't tell those stories, mm-hmm. right? And honestly, I've been on other church staffs, and we rarely shared any stories. I mean, it was actually, when I look back on it now, I mean, we didn't do it on purpose. It's just we didn't have time for it. Mm-hmm. And now I realize that's how we get encouragement. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's feed that. That's the goal. And so let's just talk about hitting that mark time and time and time and time again when God does something wonderful, and He got to use even us in order to do right. it. So that helps me emotionally, for sure. Right. Now, the next question <laughs> is a really important question, yeah. and it's one that it's every one. leader needs to ask themselves. And there is an answer. <laughs> there is an answer for every leader that we, we, need, we need to get to. Yeah. So what is that question? What wounds do you carry? Yeah, what wounds do you carry? <clears throat> and it's not, hey, do you have any wounds? <laughs> no, no, no. No. no, no. It's what wounds, Yeah, not do you have any. Right, yeah. yeah. We all <clears throat> carry wounds. Absolutely. There's just no way around it. We can't deal with this many people, solve these many problems, get in the mix of this much mm-hmm. uh, conflict, which we do. I mean, there's conflict in families, between people, mm-hmm. within the church, outside the church. There's a lot, and we get in the middle of it. Sometimes your hand gets bit. Yeah. Sometimes things happen. Yeah. yeah sometimes true. it's not personal. Sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. But wounds have a way of collecting over time, right? Yeah. Yep. They can. Yeah. They can. They can. They don't have to, mm-hmm. but they can. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, um, they do very often in, in, in leaders, because we're so busy. It's not always a bad thing. You know, I'm not like chastising people. I'm just saying, uh, oftentimes, we, you know, we're so busy serving other people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of demands on our time, and many people are bivocational as they're leading churches. There's, there's not a lot of time to sit and to ponder wounds in our life, right? right. But it's an important thing for us to do in order to remain healthy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because we're gonna we're gonna acquire wounds for right. sure. So if we don't know about this, then it's easy for us to take that wound that's personal and assume that that 
wouldn't happen in another place and that we leave this place to go there only to find that, no, we collect wounds here too. It's the right. nature of people. Yeah, you yeah. Brought, yeah, you bring yeah, them with you. Yeah, and it's not just churches. It's no. life. It's any place you work. It's families that we live in. So let's be straight about that. But um, So when we talk about this, specifically the wounds that we carry, there's a couple of questions we listed under this one as well. Mm-hmm. What are those? Well, one, we do you have any? And that's really a, mm-hmm. that's not really. I mean, we know you have. We know we have wounds. We do. Yeah. So it's just really a starting point to start that reflection of mm-hmm. uh, what you know. What are what what are my wounds that I have? Yeah. And especially where we're talking about longevity, there you know, very rarely is a pastor in one place forever from right. start to finish. Right. And a lot of times those transition periods. Um, cause wounds mm-hmm. and how things were or were not handled or mm-hmm. said or not said or True. how you were treated good bad the ugly and mm-hmm. and so and sometimes you just move right on to your next uh post as a pastor and you just immediately get into ministry building setting new culture doing whatever that you need to do yeah and i mean just this past year last year around the same time when i had my sabbatical you know i spent some time you know in soul care right yeah and um and and that just brought out these wounds that I had been carrying for 15 years mm-hmm. and never really tied those things together yeah. of why yeah. I act the way I do or I perceive things the way I do. Yeah. And I really had to dig deep even after sabbatical, you know, Justin and I kind of connected and we started processing more of soul care and just kind of talking through and he was going through the book and I was going through the book. And so you just sometimes you don't know they're there, and so you have to do something to resolve them. Yeah, we all have wounds; mm-hmm. they will surprise you. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought I would mm-hmm. connect those dots. Yeah, and once I did, you know, like the next question is, what can I do to resolve them? Yeah, there is work to be done. There are resources out there. There are people to meet with. Mm. Um, there healing are, to be had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is yeah, because God, th- uh, those things that wounded us. That isn't my identity, but it can become your identity, and you may yeah. not even know it. Yeah, it's true. So you've got to identify it, figure out what those things are, and then do the work. Yeah, um, because they are there. Yeah, there always will be there, and it could have been a comment, conversation, mm. a betrayal, a perceived betrayal. I mean, it could be a, a long list. Yeah. So um, there are wounds, and you you have to do the work. Yeah. If you want to move through longevity. Because it's not something you just get to like shoulder and go, it doesn't have an impact. It has a huge right. impact. Yeah. Huge yeah. impact. And not well, just for longevity and ministry, no. but just for your own own emotional for health. Emotional and health. Your own family, mm-hmm. your friends, all these people in your life. Yeah. You're gonna want to get emotionally healthy mm-hmm. for all those reasons. And then, oh yeah, by the way, right. it also helps you with ministry longevity, leadership longevity. So good. I love that. <clears throat> I always Thanks think about this piece, that. and there's there's two things that I think of. One is the brilliant quote from your wife, Becky, which is that there mm. are no long-term relationships without forgiveness. Yeah. You know, I've got to choose mm. to forgive because, one, that's what God told me to do, right? Yeah, that's Keep true. Keep short accounts. For, <laughs> so yeah. i got to do that. That's, that's part of it. But the other thing I have to do is I have to grieve sometimes. <clears throat> and yeah. grief is a process. You know, good, yeah. I have to grieve the loss of something I either perceived was a certain way mm-hmm. or the loss of something real. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we came out of the pandemic and I had a lot of grieving of relationships because people were gone. 
Mm. You know, and you're you're yeah. constantly wondering, well, is so and so still here? Oh no, they moved. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for saying goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of that going on. Right. So it was. it was, you know, I had to allow my heart the space to grieve mm-hmm. and be sad mm-hmm. about those things because they were lost. They were. And so that's part but that's part of being emotionally healthy that's is right. is giving yourself permission to say it's okay that I'm sad. Yeah. I don't have to be on. I don't have to be the spiritual rock here. Yeah. Because there are places in my life that I can process this information. Um, with my spouse, with other people in my life, and that's that. That goes back to the other question that you have: is oh, who's that person in your life that you can talk to about these things? Yeah, who's that mentor? Who's that friend that will give you sound, biblical, godly, mm-hmm. friendly advice mm-hmm. and the truth, not just sugarcoat it and say, "Oh, you know, like I don't need, I don't need." you to blow smoke at me. I need, I need the truth in the midst That's of right. this. That's right. That's right. But I also need grace in the midst yeah. of this. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I, you've got to have that person in your life. And yeah. So, um, That's you, good. Man, I tell you, if you don't, man. Well, and if you don't, I would also suggest a counselor. There's yep. nothing wrong with no, going to all. a counselor, That's but wise. just making sure that this is someone who, you know, can understand a biblical perspective, a Christian perspective about where you're at to help mm-hmm. you get to, true healing in mm-hmm. a wonderful, good place. So yeah, I know many pastor friends who don't actually feel comfortable with talking about this with other peers or people at their church. So they have a counselor that they actually go to, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a great thing. It it's is. a lot better than trying to do it by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I yeah, think that's no really, really important. That's good. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about these idea of the wounds, I do think that we all need to realize we have them. Yep. And now it's just a question of how good are we at um, uh, bringing them to a, a, a healthy healing place. And mm-hmm. I hope that we are. And if we're not, we want to encourage you to do so because we know that whether you stay or whether you go, whether you stay in ministry or you step out, that wound's going to just stay with you anyway. So yep. let's just get it healed and then let's make a better decision out of a healthy place. Yeah. So here's where I wanted to kind of wind this conversation up was this last part, and it's the question of then uh, what frustrates you? Because this is another part of that emotional health. Mm-hmm. If I'm frustrated, it's easy for me to attribute that to outside places or mm-hmm. sources, and maybe that is the case. Mm-hmm. Because often, if I know what brings me joy, I know about the wounds, and I'm being honest with myself about these things, then it comes to what's frustrating me right now. Mm-hmm. If I can identify what those are, then I'm a lot better off being able to solve them. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just dealing with, I'm just frustrated, I'm just frustrated, I'm just frustrated, which means I'm just mad. Mm-hmm and I'm becoming embittered and unforgiving and cynical and Mm -hmm. jaded. I'm going down that road. Well, there's another road. How about, can we fix it? Right. Yeah. Uh, Can we do something? Because because here's the thing. What I know is if I remain frustrated, then I'm very likely to just leave. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to another place. Mm -hmm. And we think it's going to be better there. It won't be. You're going to have a whole other set of frustrations. What's better is if we can do something to resolve the frustrations. And so I wanted to throw out a couple of things here for us, rather than just quietly disappear or 
you know, set off a bomb and disappear and create all kinds of conflict in a place. What can we do to resolve the frustrations? And I'm going to speak specifically to senior leads. Um, There are things that can be done if where you're currently serving is frustrating you. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are people to talk to. There are staffs to work with. There are boards to talk with. There are church people, community that we can interact with. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, if it's frustrating you, there's a really good chance it's frustrating them. Right. They just need someone to step up and to say, can we have the conversation? Mm -hmm. I don't know all the answers, but can we fix it? Right. So a year and a half ago, I was frustrated that we were financially not hitting any of our goals and we were going to have to make some huge, huge cuts that were going to devastate Heights Church. Mm -hmm. I was frustrated about it. I wasn't mad at people, but I was frustrated about the situation. So you either step in to resolve it or you just make the cuts. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to be very frustrating as well. So what we did is I began talking with the board. I talked with the staff, you guys, and said, how can we then solve this frustration Mm. rather than living with it? Right. Because we thought it was something we could solve. We could resolve it. And fortunately, a year and a half later, we have, and we're in a way different place. But that could have been a frustration that I know other people have um, actually just walked away instead of trying to resolve it, talking to the right people mm-hmm. that are a part of the solution as well. So I wonder if there are people who can help you resolve it, fix it, or manage it. Mm-hmm. So where do you, are you talking to those people, and can we start there first, Yeah. rather than looking for the uh, eject button? Right, because like you said earlier, if you're feeling the frustration, there's a high likelihood that others are feeling it. Yeah. You. Yeah. And so therefore, if you guys can have that discussion instead of just assuming mm-hmm. it can't be fixed or, you know, sometimes we look at a, a frustration or a rub and we're like, it's too much work mm-hmm. or that'll never happen. We yeah. we will assign it a, a you know, a destiny. Right. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll just mm-hmm. assign it something. Yeah. And reality is maybe everybody else is feeling it. So you yeah. got to have those conversations. Again, that longevity we talked about <clears throat> that builds that trust allows you to have that conversation. Oh, that's good. True. Um, in a way that's healthy and safe. Mm-hmm. You just might find that you, as a team, you're ready to solve that problem. Yeah. Because everyone else is feeling it too. Your board might be feeling it. Your staff is feeling it. Mm-hmm. And so start to begin to have those conversations and, you know, be careful that it doesn't become gossip or talk behind anyone's back. I think yeah. that's also wise as well. Yeah. But it's like, you know, make sure your heart is in the right place. Let's have these conversations. You're feeling it too. Okay, let's let's address it in love and care and see what happens and be open to it. And, mm-hmm. and when you kind of can put all that together, you know, then you'll see change. Mm, yeah, you will. You, you will, will. You will you'll see, change. see change happen. Now, I know you get to a spot where that maybe change isn't going to happen and it's just is what it is. And, and then you have to cross that bridge and you have to weigh that out with discernment. Yeah. But likelihood, if you've built that trust, you, you, you know, you have your team in place, mm. you're having open communications, man, move forward and just do it and trust one another. Yeah. You know? And as a staff member, um, as you know, speaking as staff to a senior lead, mm-hmm. I also 
need you to be able to hear it, weigh it, mm-hmm. and then weigh in. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. then that That's may good. that may yeah. re- that may mean you know whatever that is, but could be I'm for you or I can't do anything. But yeah. I need you to step in too. That's th- good. That's I, good. Yeah. I also think there's another step in the midst of this dealing with frustration piece that I actually I have to step back from it first and go okay. Frustration is a secondary emotion to something. Mm-hmm. And it's usually my expectations. Mm, yeah. What are, so it's I good. have to ask the question, what are my expectations of the situation? Is it something that is actually tangible, fixable, or is it an unrealistic expectation that I've placed upon so-and-so and I haven't given yeah. them the tools yeah. to do what they need to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Haven't given them the permission. Haven't given them the power mm-hmm. to execute what it mm-hmm. is that I think should be done. Yeah. Um, so I have to ask myself the question first, okay, what are my expectations here? Yeah. If I don't ask that question, I can easily just stay frustrated with the situation. Yep. Um, because I'm leaning into something that's just not realistic because there isn't the infrastructure or there isn't the person or there isn't the thing in place or the system yeah. to actually do what I need it to do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When when we do, we do that expectations lab during the summer last year, that was one of the things we talk about is this is a, one of those little red light, red flag tells. <laughs> that you have an unrealistic expectation because you're frustrated. Yeah. So it's a great tell to tell me, okay, I need to step back and go, what's going on with my expectations with these people? Mm -hmm. But in the case with... That could be with a board, a staff, people of the church, a one-on-one person. Maybe the situation just is, and it's not about, like it's a frustrating situation because there's not, I don't have a solution for it, or it needs a solution that we don't have yet. Yeah. Because we haven't had the conversation. Right. So it's good. I know that for me, that's the first step I have to do before I try and approach those things. Cause sometimes yeah. I can go, wait a minute, that's actually just me. Yeah. I'm thinking unrealistically of so-and-so and I don't need to do that to them. I actually need to train them. I need to develop mm-hmm. them. I need to have a conversation with them yeah. and help them grow. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's good. So, yeah. And you know, as you talk about, there's two things that come to my mind and you may say, well, I don't have the trust with my board, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of senior leads would say. Mm. I don't have the trust with my board. And I would say, maybe you don't, but maybe this is how you get it. Mm-hmm. If you would lead them through this frustrating situation, this could be how you build that trust. Mm-hmm. And here's where I say we start. Let's revision what we want this to look like. There Instead of pointing out this person did this or that, how about let's just talk about what, in our case, when it came to the finances, which was deeply frustrating, and I know that, well, pretty much every church I'm aware of is having financial difficulty in today's uh, time frame, uh, we were able to say, what if what if we could revision this and we did have enough finances? What would it look like? Mm. And we had a great conversation about that. Yeah. And then we had the conversation about how can we get there? There was no pointing of fingers. No. There was just, yeah, we all want that. What do we do? Yeah. How can we get it? Mm-hmm. And we devised a plan and boom. We started making it happen. Yep. Didn't happen in days or weeks, <laughs> but it did happen in months. Right. And now we're a year and a half after that, and and God's done some great things. But we had to revision it. Yeah, it's like that's painting that's the right. vision. And we built trust yeah. through that whole process as well. And you did it together. We did it together. Because yeah. they, they were also feeling 
yeah, this is a frustrating part. Yeah. And dreaming it together, painting that beautiful picture of what it would look like. Yeah. Then allowed you then to step back, okay, well, what we're currently doing mm-hmm. is not going to get us there. Yeah. So what do we have to do to move it forward so that right. we can achieve that beautiful yeah. picture that you, that you took? Yeah. Well, I think so the cautionary good. tale with it, with frustration is it can turn into bitterness too. I have friends who mm-hmm. have been in ministry frustrated with things. They they didn't get the answer they wanted from the board or someone like that, and it mm-hmm. just it turned into bitterness in their heart. And instead yeah. of dealing with the bitterness, instead of letting God heal that spot, they're no longer in ministry. Mm-hmm. Now, they decided not to just to leave, but they stepped out of the thing that God had called them to, and that yeah. just that's even more heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't don't let frustration mm-hmm. turn into bitterness because once that takes hold, man. Yeah. It'll, it'll kill your soul. It'll yeah. kill your emotions. It'll, it'll kill all of the things that God wants to do with your life. That's a wound yeah. that we need to tend to. Big time. Yeah. Will. yeah. Big time. Yeah. And it'll kill that longevity. It will. It will. So there's a lot at stake when yeah. we talk about the benefits of longevity, and that's why these things are so critically important. Yeah. And it all starts with me Yeah. so that I can be the healthiest leader possible as I am walking through these issues, these problems, these challenges, and I can help lead the way and help others as well. So um, this has really, really been a great conversation, guys. Thanks for sharing this with us. And um, obviously, one last thing here about this before we move into the challenge is that if we do have people who are toxic, oh yes, right? A toxic staff member, a toxic volunteer, we need to address that. We need to solve it. We need to resolve it. Maybe we might need to let them go. If yes. that's the answer, because there's no other resolve, right. then let's make the decision. I'm pretty sure if I were to ask you guys the question, do you want me to solve toxic people problems? Your answer might be yes. Absolutely. Uh, 100%. Emphatically. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and my, my request to you is that if they're on your team, Right. I want you to do the same. Yes. yes? Right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we get to do it together. Yep. This is what we do as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our challenge for this is we're wrapping it up about leadership longevity part two, and we are going to have a part three. Um, but today, what about your spiritual health and emotional health needs attention? That's good. Well, there's also, if there are frustrations, let's move to resolve them. Yep. Yep. Um, who are those people that could help? Let's pinpoint what they are, and let's go about fixing them. Mm-hmm. That's better than just assuming nothing will get fixed and leaving a place mm-hmm. to go to another place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having a real conversation about leading people, organization, and change. And if you like this episode, please hit like. Subscribe and the bell notification so you get each podcast as we post them. And we can't wait until we get to see you for part three of Leadership Longevity. Longevity.